Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Shifting us, and God, I know that you're moving us, Lord, preparing us for what you have in store. God, I know that you're preparing our hearts, Jesus. God, I know that you're preparing our minds, Jesus, to receive the commission, Jesus. In the name of the Lord, if you believe that, would you begin to clap your hands unto him? Amen. Can we begin to thank the Lord for what's happened in this service already? Amen. As you return to your seats, as you return to your seats, would you give God a hand clap of praise? Amen, amen. Amen. And as you return to your seats, to all the children who are in the Sunday school, this is home. You know who you are. You've been in this class for the last couple weeks. If you're a child in the This Is Home class, parents, if you know, help me. And just tell your kids to run as fast as they can out that door into their classroom as fast as they can. Knock over anybody you have to to get to that class. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, living hope. Amen. It is just absolutely amazing to be in the house of the Lord today. Am I right? Am I right? Come on, am I right, everybody? It's amazing to be in the house of the Lord today. It's amazing to experience what we just experienced in that worship. Man, I don't have the goggles to see everything that was spiritually happening, but I could see and I can feel something in my spirit. And it is amazing to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Now, there's not very many churches like Living Hope. And if this is your very first time here at Living Hope, I would like to just say, welcome home. Amen. Uh, uh, welcome home. Why, don't you, why, don't, why doesn't everybody just turn to your neighbor, whether this is your very first time or your millionth time here at Living Hope, just tell the person next to you, welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. See, we say welcome home here because at Living Hope, we are a strong family of believers and we exist to help build strong families. Amen. And we consider every person in here to be part of this family. And we want, all we want to do is to help every person grow. Amen. So if this is your first time here or maybe your second or maybe even your third time and you haven't yet been to our guest reception, uh, we ask that following service today, you just go out this, the double doors in the center of back wall, and our guest reception team is going to be waiting outside those doors, excited, with smiles on, ready to greet you, connect with you, get to know you a little bit. So please just uh, just stop by. We have a little gift for you, and we would love to just connect, get to connect with you for a second, introduce ourselves, and let you know how much it means to us that you're here with us today. 
And uh, I would like to one more time just to greet you all on behalf of uh, our pastor, Brother Jason Staten, who's preaching in Columbus, Ohio today. I give him honor, and I give honor to our first lady, and I'm incredibly thankful for the leadership. Are you, in th are you thankful for the leadership of this church? Amen. Amen. And I, I stand here today uh, under their authority, and I am humbled by the opportunity to speak to you all today, especially regarding this, this special service. And, I, and, and with that being said, I've felt so, so much clarity in my prayer that there is a, a very specific word for this church today. Amen. That, that God has something very special in store for living hope. Amen. So if you have your Bibles... Uh, would you turn with me to the gospel according to Luke? Gospel, of course, means the good news. And, of course, that good news is Jesus Christ, amen, by which his death and his burial and his resurrection, we can receive the gift of salvation and eternal life, amen. Amen. And when we repent and we are baptized both in, in the water and of the Spirit and then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. But that just isn't for me. And that's not just for you. Well, that is for every single person. Amen. So uh, if gospel means good news, I would say that's some pretty good news. Right? Some pretty good news indeed, if I do say so myself. I'm pretty excited about that news. That, that I don't have to go and experience the worries of after this, but I'm going on to a place up yonder. Amen. That I've got my eyes set on not these temporal things, but I've got my eyes set on the eternal. Amen. Amen. But if you're at the Gospel of Luke, would you turn with me? to chapter number 10, the 10th chapter. And we are going to go to the 38th verse. And would you say amen if you're there or if it's on the screens behind me? Amen. So it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha, received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Everyone say, which also sat. Which also sat at Jesus' feet. And it or so it says, and, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. See, I think cumbered is a, I mean, that's something that I've been trying to add into my vocabulary since studying out this scripture. I think that's a great word. Cumbered is a great word, and it means hindered. But I really like the word, and if you, if, if, I don't know what translations everybody reads, but I really enjoy the word that the ESV uses, the English Standard Version. It says that Martha was distracted by much serving. So we continue in verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted. 
Martha was cumbered about much serving. And it came and came to him and said, Lord, there's some attitude here. It says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. It's, a, it's all a mouthful. Bid her therefore that she help me with some attitude. In verse 41, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. Or another word that's used here. Martha, Martha, thou art anxious. And you are troubled about many things. But one thing, everyone say, but one thing. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. There, that there is but one thing, that there is one thing that is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. That good part which shall never be taken away. Amen. And the title of which I would like to speak to you all today is choosing the good part. But before we go any further, can we just welcome the presence of the Lord into this place? Amen. One more time, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you would lead us, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide us in this service. God, that you would use me, Jesus, as a vessel for your spirit to flow in and flow through. God, I pray, Lord, that your word would go forward today on open ears, God. And not, de uh, not deaf ears, but open hearts in Jesus' name. I pray that we receive your burden today. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we say, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you would just allow me a few more moments, I promise with this, I, I guess I should prepare you that there is going to be a practical aspect that is tacked on to the end of this for the vision that is coming throughout this week that we are going to be putting to fruition. And it is going to be a very specific thing. But I first feel that in order to get there, we have to lay a groundwork and put out something that we can all bite into in order to really see the effectiveness that I believe God has and the effective vision that God has for this church. Amen. So if you would just allow me a, a, a few short moments to dive in uh, just a little bit further on this opening, and, uh, opening text, starting with verse 38, we see that Jesus and his disciples entered into a certain village. And this certain village goes by the name of Bethany. And Bethany was, was just less than two miles outside of the city of Jerusalem. And when Jesus went into Bethany, 
he was received by a certain woman. This woman, her name was Martha, and her sister, Mary. See, this wasn't just a random visit, or, or these weren't just random people that Jesus didn't have a relationship with. But in fact, Martha and her sister, Mary, and her brother, Lazarus, were people that Jesus was very, very close to. And these weren't just a random stop by, but these are people that Jesus spent time with. It says in John chapter 11, verse number 5 even, that, that Jesus loved Martha, and Jesus loved her sister Mary, and Jesus loved their brother Lazarus. And he, he, it wasn't just a superficial love, but he loved them so much that in John chapter 11, just a few short verses later, we see in the shortest verse written in the Bible, we see the emotional turmoil that Jesus faced when he heard that Lazarus had passed, in John chapter 11, verse Sunday, uh, 35, it says that Jesus wept. So in Jesus' humanity, we see the special love and we see the special place in his heart that he has for both Martha and Mary. So we see that Jesus, as he comes to the village of Bethany, he's not just being greeted and received by strangers, but he's being received by almost something along the lines of family. But it's interesting in the way of which he was received. See, we see that, that there is Martha Martha, who is laboring, and Martha, who is working, and Martha, who is serving. And then we see Mary. And Mary is described as the one which also sat, which also sat at Jesus' feet. And as she sat at Jesus' feet, she heard his word. And one thing that we need to understand about Mary is that Mary was not lazy. Mary was not lazy. Mary prepared and Mary labored just the same, but Mary also sat at the feet of Jesus. And what we need to understand about the posture, can I just talk to you for a second, just a short moment, about what the posture is of sitting at Jesus' feet. See, this posture is the posture of Jewish scholars while listening to and receiving instruction from the rabbis. See, we even read later on in the book of Acts, chapter 22, that Paul writes about being brought up in this city and at the feet of Gamaliel. But when you look at Mary through the scriptures, you find her in John chapter 11, racing to the feet of Jesus when Lazarus died. And in John chapter 12, we see again that Martha labored and Mary, oh, and Martha labored and Martha served, but Mary had a place, place right at the feet of Jesus. And in that moment, Mary began to pour out her ointment on the feet of Jesus and began to dry her feet, his feet with her hair. Amen. What can we learn from that posture is that her focus was always on Jesus. That her focus was always right there. That her labor was focused on the one thing that mattered. Hallelujah. 
See, there is one thing that is needful. There is one thing that couldn't be taken away from her. See, the posture of sitting at Jesus' feet communicates something. And it implies some things. That sitting at the feet of Jesus implies a readiness to accept and a willingness to obey what it is that Jesus teaches. See, sitting at at Jesus' feet implies a submission to Jesus. Sitting at Jesus' feet implies a faith in who Jesus is. Hallelujah. There's more. See, sitting at Jesus' feet, Jesus' feet implies discipleship. Sitting at the feet of Jesus implies that we serve him. Sitting at the feet of Jesus implies that we serve him. Love him. In the name of Jesus. See, there's something different between just serving and sitting. Not that Mary never once discouraged or never once didn't partake in serving. But Mary had her focus on the one thing that mattered. See, we could see that sitting at the feet of Jesus, for Mary, it wasn't just an obligation. It wasn't just a what she was doing, but Mary was obsessed. Mary was in love, and Mary had to sit at the feet of Jesus because she loved him. Hallelujah. But then we have Martha. Hallelujah. And there is a difference between Martha and Mary. And there is a difference between Martha and Mary. There is a difference between these two sisters that Jesus loved. There is a huge difference. And there is uh, uh, um, the the, the difference between them two. The the difference is not that that one served Jesus, that that Martha served Jesus and Mary didn't. It wasn't that one served and one didn't because both Martha and Mary served. Both Martha and Mary both labored. But the difference between Martha and Mary is the way in which Martha and Mary labored. See, the main difference between Martha and Mary was the fact that when Martha was cumbered by much serving, that Martha was distracted by her labor. Martha was distracted about what she was doing and forgot about the why she was doing it. Martha did nothing wrong in working hard for Jesus. In fact, working hard for him is a good thing. But the difference and the problem that we have with Martha is that she became so consumed with the what that she was forgetting. Hallelujah. She became so consumed with the what that she was doing that she forgot the why she was doing it. Oh, God forbid that we become a church that gets so consumed with the what that we're doing that we forget the why. Hallelujah. That we get so consumed with what we do in a church service that we forget why we're in a church service. In the name of Jesus, I wish somebody would hear me today. It's not about what you do, but it's about why you do it. Oh, 
See, what we do is come to church on a Sunday, but the why we come to church is to worship the Lord. See, what we do is sing three or four songs. I'm trying to just, I don't want to cross a line. I don't want to say something, but I need to, I need to get this out. See, we may come to church and we may do something. We may come to church and we may sing about we need the rain. Oh, we're ready for a downpour. Let it fall fresh. Let it fall fresh on us. What does it get to? We're ready for revival. That was a good song. But now time for preaching. See, we may come together and we may do a couple songs. We may worship them, but don't you dare forget the reason why. Don't you dare forget the reason why. That may be, we may come in and that what we may doing is worshiping, but there's a reason why. Oh, I'm worshiping not because the song is going. I'm worshiping because I've been redeemed. Oh, is there anybody? Oh, there may be something going on that's a what? There may be something happening in a service that's a what, but there's a reason why. Oh, don't forget the reason why. See, there's a relationship between what and why. There's a relationship, there's a relationship between what and why. Whenever you do something, whenever you just take care of a what, it can be aimless. Whenever you just take care of a what, it can just be a check in the box. That's why I bring up, say, what we do as a church service. If checking a box is a what to you at being in this place, you're missing the why. See, we may sing some songs, but why we sing them is important. The what may be singing songs in a service, but the why is that I have a song of the redeemed. The why is that I have been set free. There is a difference between the what and the why. See, there is a difference between what we do and the why in which we do something. See, let me tell, let me explain it like this. I, as I was studying, I, I love commentaries. Uh, commentary used to put me to sleep, but now I find it fascinating the way things are broken down in the scripture. What you find out individual words mean, it's fascinating. It can change your entire viewpoint on it. But I also love commentaries because it has other preachers' words in them where they had a revelation, and it's shared down. So as I was reading a commentary, let me, let me just share something that Charles Spurgeon, if you don't know who that is, he's probably one of the most well-known preachers of all time. At certain times of his life, he was preaching about ten times a week. He's an expert in his craft. But Charles Spurgeon said it like this, the Martha spirit says that the work that if the work is done, isn't that enough? But the Mary spirit asks if Jesus is well pleased or not. See, he continues on to say something. He says that all 
must be done in his name, hallelujah, and by his spirit, or nothing is done at all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I feel something in my spirit so, so boldly today. I'm actually, I'm not even sure exactly how to put it out, but I just felt something come up into my spirit so boldly that I'll tell you, I wanted to save it. I wanted to save it for the next part of the practical, but I need to share it. I need to share it. See, we may do something like Fall Fest. We may come and we may put on an event, and Living Hope is one of the very best people, the organizations at the what? Not any other church I don't think in the entire world can set up an event for a thousand people in 15 minutes and tear it down in another 15. We are absolutely incredible with the what. But if we do not have the why at our event, all of it will be in vain. If we do not have the why of it at all, if all we have is the what, we are going to miss out on what God has for us. If all we have is the what and just come set up, eat some chili and have a good time, we're missing the why. We're missing the why. We're missing the why. God, I pray right now God, that there would be a wise spirit, Jesus, a merry spirit that would come and transform this church. Amen. There is absolutely nothing wrong with doing great what's. There is absolutely nothing wrong with doing a great what. But what it does is cut it short of what it could be. We look at our cookouts. Look at our cookouts. We've had amazing cookouts. We've had amazing turnouts. One of them, we had 125 registered guests. Registered. So if you do the math around that, that there's some family members that weren't put down. We probably had about 160 people come and sign or uh, come into this parking lot, interact with us. That's a pretty amazing what. That's a pretty amazing what, but I don't see 160 new faces in this church. That I don't, I don't see 160 Bible studies happening in this church. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us a wise spirit. God, that we, we have a why. See, we have a why. We are not just a church. If we just wanted to be a community church, why don't we just drop everything? Just come as you are. There's nothing that you could do. Just say you accept Jesus. But we know better than that. That we know the word says there's a little bit more than just come as you are. We have a why, and it's to reach out into the darkness. It's to reach out into the world and pull them back into his marvelous light. See, I may have fun at, I may have fun at Fall Fest, but it is a failure if we don't have the why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm probably being just a little bit too, too loose with how I'm presenting this, Sister Valerie. Don't tell Pastor. Uh, he is. Sorry, Pastor. Here's Sister Valerie. All right. There's a difference, though. There's a difference between Martha and Mary. There's a difference. See, even, even the, the, the personality 
of what Martha had in the scripture was different from the posture that Mary had sitting and serving Jesus at his feet. That it was an entirely different persona. See, the scripture said that that Martha was cumbered. Martha was distracted. So she had all these jobs to do, but her focus wasn't on the right thing. But then she even had an attitude. She was worried about the work that Mary was doing. God, hey, Jesus, do you see they're not doing anything? Look what I'm doing over here. That's not what it's about, okay? See, whenever you have it set on the what, that's what it becomes about. But when your heart is set on the why, when your vision is changed from all of this back to him, your focus changes. You're not worried about what's going on in other people's life, but you're worried about what's going on in your life. And you're worried about what you're doing for the kingdom. You're worried about the wrong thing whenever you're concerned about the what. But it's amazing. I love this. Whenever So to let you guys know, Whenever pastor said that he wanted me to speak of this, he said, I want you to speak on this passage. I sat for four days, smacking my head against the wall, trying to figure out what in the world, how can this translate to what we're trying to accomplish? But it's so simple that I was, I was looking for the, conv- uh, the, the, the conceived and was like, like looking over the revealed. You know, that's not the right way to say that. Looking for the hidden and missing the revealed. But what was happening as I was beginning to study this and I was beginning to, to, to really think about Martha. And I began to really pray about Martha. And I realized that, that not only was she concerned about the wrong thing, but it was, it was corrupting her as a whole. So she began to like focus on other people. Yes, but, but after she said that, Jesus responds to Martha. He responds to Martha in such a way. He says, not Martha, Martha, like you're an idiot. He said, Martha, Martha, concerning, lovingly. He, he had such a deep care for her. And as, he was st- as, as she spoke, he was discerning and seeing the heart issues and the things that were swirling around inside her and he said two words to her he diagnosed her in two words Martha thou art careful Martha thou art anxious Martha you are fearful Martha Martha you are concerned Martha you are insecure Martha you are worried there is a whirlwind inside of you oh Martha Martha, 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 so much is going wrong inside of you. But not only, he said, you are troubled. So not only on the inside was there a whirlwind of chaos, but she was so troubled about every situation, everything surrounding her. Every circumstance, everything was drawing her attention away from the why. 
Oh, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that we would never be distracted by the what. God, in allowing our spirits to become corrupted with chaos. And I pray, Lord, that we would never allow the situations and the troubles that surround us to be the thing that pulls our attention away from why we're doing something. See, there may be pains, there may be broken hearts, there may be turmoil, there may be situations. But God is wanting to direct your attention away from those things and back to the one thing that is needful. Back to the one thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, he's trying to direct you back to the one thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's trying to direct your attention. Not, not for, he, the labor is a good thing. The labor is a good thing. But when you forget the love, when, you for, when you're concerned about the what, you forget why. And God is trying to lead us back to the why. Back to the why we're here. Back to how we became. Back to what it is that we're searching for. What we're declaring as a win and a loss in this church. Amen. Amen. I'm moving quickly. I'm going to kind of transition into more of the practical and I apologize for not building better bridges to, to walk across for this. But, but God is trying desperately to shift our church. There has been prophecies. There has been faith words spoken that there was going to be revival pulled out. Revi revival poured out upon this church, in this community. And, and, and we're going to see amazing things happen. But we will never see that happen if we don't labor. See, there's, there's a relationship between labor and love. See, we, well, I, I, I probably, I, I explained Martha and I explained Mary. Mary had a relationship with labor and love where Martha was so focused on the labor that she forgot about the love. Amen. And we're going to do something over this next week. That in the five years that I've been here, I don't know if we've done it. May have, I, don't, I may have had the flu one week or something like that and missed it. But I, to my recollection, we have not done something like this in the five years that I've been here. But I know the history of this church, and I know that this church was built on doing things like we're about to do this week. The what that we're about to do is simple. And my, my, my title slide here, you can see that we have a picture. You have Living Hope, Chancellor's Run, we've got Westbury, and Suburban Estates. The, what we're going to do is throughout this week, we're going to intentionally and with a, a, a burden and with a, a, a zeal that we are going to go out into these communities. We're going to hit Lord Calvert. 
We're going to hit suburban estates. We're going to hit Westbury. And we are going to knock on 800 doors. Amen. That, if we think back to the vision at the beginning of the year, that we were going to see 22 new families, that we were going to see 22 new families join Living Hope, and we were going to see 22 families with their lives transformed by the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and the working power of Jesus Christ. We were going to, we, I still believe that that's going to happen. Amen? But it'll never happen if we don't labor. God is not going to put something in this church. He is not going to put something in this church that we are not willing to work for. God is not going to drop 22 new families in our laps without us first laboring. Amen. And what we are going to do is that we are going to labor. See, let me ask you, if, if you know the Bible, if you look at the same chapter where we, we pulled out this text, Luke chapter 10, in the early chapters, or in the early verses of Luke, Jesus is talking and he is sending out 70 people two by two. And he tells them something. He says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. So pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. But I think, I think really what he means, and I don't want to speculate on what Jesus says, but I look across this room and I see a tremendous amount of laborers. But maybe what he is saying is that there's only a few that have the why. That there is only a few. There, are, there is laborers plenty in this place. But there is only a few that have their focus, their attention, and their, 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 uh, their, their energy focused on the why. And I don't, I'm not condemning, but what I want to do is bring to attention and call that not just a few of us would stand and not just a few of us would, but I pray that there would be a burden go out into this church, that there would be laborers that would arise, that are, that are fervent in their efforts, that are effectual in their prayers, and that whenever we go out into this neighborhoods, whenever we go out into these five neighborhoods, and we begin to take steps in faith, that we would begin to pray, God, Lord, I pray right now that every step I take, there would be dominion given out. God, I pray that there would be effectual fervent prayers over this neighborhood. God, because I understand. See, 800 houses is the what, but the why is that there is 800 families that need Jesus. There is 800 people out there. There's 800 homes that need peace. There's 800 families that need healing. Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, there's an old saying, hallelujah. My prayer this whole week actually has been that there would be a burden for evangelism, that, would, that, that the heavens would open up and the burden for evangelism would drop in. But I've realized from this old sailing, sailing, saying that exposure is what breeds a burden. 
Exposure is what breeds a burden. It's hard to have a burden for evangelism if there's never an opportunity to evangelize. So what we're doing is we are creating the opportunity. We're creating the opportunity. See, from today until Thursday evening, four days, there is going to be eight teams. And we are looking for 20 people for each team. Now, if you are feeling super into it, sign up for all eight teams. Not going to do anything to me. I think it would be cool. But I'm asking that, that everybody, no person excluded. Parents, I know that you have children. I grew up going on prayer walks. Take them with you. Let them see. Let the exposure breed a burden that will not just carry on through you, but through generations of living hope. Let exposure breed a burden in your family. Amen. So we're going to have eight teams. Eight teams of 20 people. And the way this breaks out, that's 100 per team. 20 people on a team. That's five doors. <laughs> we're going to knock this out in 15 minutes. I'm not asking, we're not asking for a lot. But what we're asking for is that you would be intentional. That this is the what we're doing. But you would grab a hold of the why. That as you step foot into these neighborhoods, that you would begin declaring the name of Jesus. It's fascinating. Eric, Eric uh, Sylvia designed some cards for this weekend, or for this week. And I, I, I gave him, I said, Eric, why don't you just come up? Three words to lead us in prayer. He chose... I'm just kidding. Healing, peace, and freedom. But whenever you go to the 10th chapter of Luke, I've, I texted Eric this morning, and I was like, this is confirmation to me of what we're going to pray. So Jesus sends the 70 out two by two, telling them that the harvest, go, it's, it, we, we need to get into the harvest. We need laborers in the harvest. And he said, whenever you go, he says, pray peace. Go whenever you pray peace, and, and it will be given out. So whenever, whenever we go out into the communities, we're going to pray peace. We're going to step, and we're going to declare peace in Jesus' name. That the anxieties that would swirl, that the chaos that would be swirling around would settle. That it would settle, and that peace would come, and peace would be steel. The next thing that he said, heal the sick. Heal the sick. So we're going to pray healing. We're going to pray healing over homes. As you, put a, as you put a candy bag on a doorknob, pray in Jesus' name that there would be peace in this house. God, and there would be healing in this family. And we pray in Jesus' name that there would be liberty from these things. And we pray... The scripture that he put is that thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven.
But he did something really cool. You'll see it. Circled earth, drew a line, put St. Mary's. That's going to be our prayer. That's the why. Why we're doing this is because we want to see heaven in St. Mary's. Why we're doing this is because there is a harvest that is ready. There is a harvest that is ready. There is a harvest that we are sending laborers into with the knowledge and a grasp of what the why is. We're not just doing this to knock some doors and invite to a community event, but we are doing this because we want to see heaven come down to St. Mary's. We want to see heaven come down to the families of this community. We want to see liberty. We want to see freedom. We want to see peace. And we want to see healing. Amen. If everybody would stand with me, I'm going to give a few directions, but I, have one, I just want to share some testimonies. There's two testimonies that I, I've, I've wept over this past week. The first happened, I, I was young. I don't even remember if I was there, but growing up, we would do prayer walks. We would do prayer walks in the church that I grew up in. We had bullet holes in our front windows. There was drug busts after we began pray, praying over the neighborhood, walking around the neighborhood, declaring the name of Jesus. Right across the street was a drug bust. It was a trap house. It completely blew the whole thing up. Boom, gone. Down the street, $60,000 drug bust. Down the street from there, another $100,000 drug bust. We began walking around and praying for our community. And God began removing obstacles. He began tearing down strongholds. He began breaking down the things that were, were opposing God's will, right? But I remember one night we were, at, we were doing a prayer walk. Maybe I should take myself out of it because I don't remember being there. I may not have been. But it was powerful. <laughs> there, there was a group of about 20. As they were walking down the street, you know, have you ever walked in a group of 20 people? It just spans out. One group got stuck by a light. The other got across the street. They were walking and praying. And they were just singing hymns or gospel songs. I don't know. They, both groups were singing to each other. And as the one group began down the street, the other one was trying to catch up, and they were both singing songs. And they began to pass a liquor store. And a man by the name of James, who had been an alcoholic for almost the entirety of his life, was standing in that liquor store holding, holding his favorite drink. Standing there at the glass cooler, holding his drink. And he said, God... Show me a sign. God, show me a sign. And he felt like God spoke to him in that moment, said, put the drink down and get a bag of chips. So he gets his bag of chips, pays for it, and he steps out into the parking lot. And what he hears is a group on his right praying and singing praises. And he looks to his left and what he hears is voices declaring the name of Jesus and singing praises unto him.
declaring the name of Jesus over their community. He had never been in a church before, but what James began to do was dance because he felt something. He felt a confirmation of what he was asking for. Oh, God. They began to pray over James. They laid hands on James. They began to declare the name of Jesus over James. This was a Saturday night. They invited James to church on Sunday morning. James came to church for the very first time, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues and baptized in Jesus' name. The tragedy is it of it is, though, that alcohol had completely destroyed his body. And within 10 months, James passed away. It's the tragedy of it, but it's also the miraculous of it. Amen. That because... People who were intentional laborers. They had a grasp of not just the labor, but of the love that we are declaring victory in our community. That James was able to be reached. And that it wasn't too late for James. That he is now up in heaven. Amen. Amen. And I, I want to ask, as I get ready to tell this final testimony, if... If our group leaders, would you, be kind, would you be kind enough to kind of spread out against the front, maybe against the back wall? I know, I, I know we have some people standing on the back wall. Can you make it clear for us who the group leaders are? Move off the back wall just a little bit. So if you're on the, these are our group leaders. These are the people that are going to, that we need you to come and sign up with. We need you to write your name, your phone number down. And we're gonna, they're going to be the ones that coordinate with you what neighborhood, where we're going, what time, and all these things, okay? But this final testimony, and then I'm going to ask that we kind of begin making after this, making our ways, and this is going to be our altar call. We're going to make our ways over to different people and begin writing our names down, and we're going to begin to pray together over our community. We're going to begin to pray together over our community, okay? But in Indiana, this, this is another Indiana story. It's a, they had a, a, a district event at the Indiana campground. And the Indiana campground is in the middle of, a, right on the outskirts of Indianapolis, in the middle of like possibly being cornfields and neighborhoods. And they, their Friday night service was going to be an evangelical service. They were trying to get as many people from the community to come and be a part of that service because they believed that God was going to do something miraculous. So they knew the why, that they needed them out. We, we need to go out there and bring them here so we can see the miraculous transpire. One man went. One man went into a neighborhood that he's lived in for years. Walked up to a neighbor's house. And he began knocking. No answer. You know, the usual thing would just be like, oh, stick it in the door. I'm out. But he, he felt something in him where he said, no, I, I'm going to, I know someone's home. I see a car. I just feel so strongly. So he knocks again. No answer. He knocks a third time. And finally someone comes to the door. And I'm not aware of this man's name, but I know what happened. 
is that as the door began to knock the first time, he was standing in his living room with a belt around his neck, on a chair, ready to commit suicide. But somebody, a laborer, went out and was praying over his community and made up in his mind that I'm not just going to do this easily, but I'm going to do the inconvenient thing. And that very night, that man, he talked with him, he prayed with him in that moment, and in that night, that man came to a youth, or not a youth service, but that camp service, and that man was filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, there is going to be things partaking and spiritual things happening when we go out into our community over the next week. We are shifting and we are transforming, not from just a what. Yes, we are going to do the what, but here comes the why. Because we serve a God that wants to heal people. We serve a God that wants to bring peace. We serve a God that wants heaven to open up and come down to this earth. In the name of Jesus, right now, with every hand lifted, I'm getting ready to dismiss us, and we're going to go and sign up for these groups, and then I'm going to give a little bit more direction. But in Jesus' name, right now, would we begin to declare in, in, in advance the victories that are going to take place in our community? In Jesus' name, God, I pray right now uh, that every step that I take this week, uh, that every time I drive through those neighborhoods, God, I'm going to profess your name, Jesus, that I'm going to profess victory, that I'm declaring peace, uh, that I'm declaring healing, and I pray, Lord, that your will be done, God, that I pray heaven would open up, God, come down to earth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I wonder if you would just begin to, to migrate your way. Don't be concerned with the where you're going to. The where is not important. The what neighborhood you're in, yeah, it'd be convenient if you live in one of those neighborhoods to do your own neighborhood. But don't worry about that. Amen? It's about the labor. And it's about the love of Jesus. Amen? So if you would begin migrating to, to each of these team leads, we've got one, two, three, four, five up here. Brother Sanchez and Sister Darlene are in the back. I'm sorry, six up here. Brother Jose over here. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, Amen. As you begin to as you begin to go, I'm just going to communicate a, a, a one more thing. The overview of the entire week. Maybe I, I, what the entire week is going to look like is that Monday through Thursday, we are going to do the what. We're going to go out. We're going to we're going to do the what, and we're going to combine it with the why. Wednesday, we're going to have corporate prayer at 6.30 here, but it's going to be a focused corporate prayer. From 6.30 to 7.15, we are going to be praying over the individual communities that we've been witnessing to. 
And then Friday at 6.30 p.m. Friday at 6.30 p.m., we are going to meet here at the church. And we are going to pray. And we are going to shake hell's gates. And we are going to declare in Jesus' name that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on this community. And we're going to pray over our fall festival that it wouldn't just be a great event, but we would be able to connect with people. We would be able to minister to people. We'd be able to pray for people. And we would be able to lead them and disciple them in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you have yet to sign up, would you please, uh, once you sign up, can you stay close to the areas? I'm sorry, I, I should have communicated that better. Thank you. Amen. And before everybody leaves, I I know maybe I... Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going away.